millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast contains description of violence and a few F-bombs are dropped, normally by me. Therefore, it's not suitable for children. I'm criminologist Anne McMahon, and welcome to Stalking Australia. Today we will be talking with Diane. Diane was in a 10-year abusive relationship. After finally deciding to leave her abuser, the terror increased. Where were you in your life when you first met your stalker? A very, very sad time in my life. I'd actually just lost a, a, a baby, a seven-month-old baby, mm. and moved back down to being in my family in my hometown, um, a little town in south coast of New South Wales. Right. And I guess I was pretty vulnerable and broken and looking to never be happy again <laughs> due to my baby dying and I met a man. I think I saw the red flags but ignored them being so broken. Right. And yeah, that's where I guess we started. So you had you started a relationship with this guy? Yeah. And were you living together? Um, no, he had his own house and he was a single dad. So kind of that was a little bit of a, an illusion to me thinking that, you know, being a single dad, he'd be kind of good to start a relationship with. And oh. <laughs> I hear that so often. People go, oh, look at him. He's a single dad. And then when they, yeah. see, a woman, then when they see a woman, they're like, oh, look at her. She's a single mom. So what? But dads, single dads get this massive praise. It's, it's quite They do. And it's, it's, he still plays on that. Right. So, but I didn't see it at the time. How long were you with him for, Lyndall? Ended up being 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I had a, another little girl um, still with me. My, and um, he had his son. They were only a year old. And so it was about... Five years I was in that relationship before I had a child with him. Right. Oh, you say you um, had a child of him, right. I've got two. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when did, when did it first start going wrong? Oh, well, it was wrong from the beginning. But when I finally had had enough after 10 years, um, I'd kind of, I'd went to the police for a while and been in a small town. It was a, <laughs> one police officer that knew everybody. Right. So that was a little bit hard. He would always try and convince me, oh, you know, I'll talk to him. We just, you know, try and just dismiss me. Didn't yep. see it at the time. And we'll just talk to him. You don't really want to make charges. I, I guess it was, yeah. So when I finally made charges, finally um, got him charged, he probably two times really before I actually left. And he finally got in another relationship about, a month after when I actually went to court, stood up against him and, you know, got the charges, went ahead with everything. He started dating another woman. 
What did you go to court that, for, Linda? What charges? Um, they were assault. Well, I'd actually been to the police a few times. He'd actually sexually assaulted me. My, my, my child, one of my, my, my last child is a product of that. Oh, when God. I went to the police, they actually said there wasn't enough evidence. They didn't want to do anything about it. Um, he'd broken my arm. I didn't get him charged for that. What? I got him charged for a little thing, you know, ab- abusing me in the street in front of my kids. It yeah. was, I just finally had enough. And, and this is all while you're still together, is it? Or you've split up now? That, the last time we were split up. But there was stuff. He, he didn't leave. He was, he'd go to have the kids. Oh, I'd try and be amicable with the split. He'd have his own place. And, and I'd try and let him see the kids. And I remember one night he had my kids and he turned up to my house after midnight. And I'm like, where are the kids? And he said, they're in the car. And they were locked in the back street of a car, in his car, 12 o'clock at night. Pardon? How old would the kids have been then? Uh, um, three and six months old. Oh, for goodness sake. And it was, and that's, yeah, he'd actually been, it was a New Year's Eve and I'd had friends over with, because I didn't have the kids. So he'd actually been walking around, lurking around my house before he kicked my door in and I realised that he was there because he heard people at my house. I used to think I was imagining it, but he, he did it for months before I'd actually caught him. It was always, I could see shadows at my windows and stuff. Um, he'd call me and say that he knows someone's there and even if there wasn't, it went on for a while. And then he finally went to jail and- What did he go to jail for? Um, breaking his other girlfriend's notes. What? Yeah. And how we long, actually- How long had you been seeing her for? six months jeepers that escalated quickly yeah yeah but she actually has the same name as me it was really spooky wow um yeah so a a lot had happened and i guess where i'm at now is when he was in jail i still didn't get peace he had a lot of his friends um harassing me i i really feared for me and my kids um we had i had fax knock on my door What's that? Um, family and community services. Right. I've had police knock on my door to check the welfare of my kids for just total insane, not even true things. Um, and then there was about a lot of reports made to family and community services that weren't true. So then family and community services got in my life. And this was all while he was in jail. This was from his friends and family. Once they get involved in your life, how difficult is it? for them to get out extremely difficult right extremely difficult they're out of my life i've proven me and my kids are safe Mm -hmm. but it was very humiliating and extremely difficult experience as a mum that was all i had to rely on myself was that i was always a good mum and to have to answer to people and and look at the ins and outs of my whole life was really frustrating and the fact that i'd put up with me and my kids had put up with 10 years of abuse and not one of them ever knocked on our door until after I'd send him to jail. And then they're knocking on my door with weird allegations. Right. I was pretty angry. I can imagine. Yeah. I was really angry. I felt like I wasn't supported at all. And I ended up packing up what I could with my, in my car, in with my kids, clothes on our back. And we left, moved five hours away. 
about two bark. weeks before he got out of jail. Just go and bark to some of the incidents when he did stalk you, Diane. What was, there was one when the kids were saying that there was men at the windows. What was that story? Okay, um, my son, my, my little one, he would have been about six at the time. He started locking, kept locking, the, um, checking the front door was locked. And there's been, sorry, and there's been so many incidents that happened. Um, he kept checking the front door was locked and I would say, what's wrong, mate? And he kept saying, oh, it's to keep the bad men out, to keep the bad men out. And I'm like, I, I didn't really understand what he was talking about. And, um, and then he kept saying that he could see someone at his window. So I, well, I'd check and I could see that someone had been in our garden under his window. Mm. You could see where someone had sitting in the grass and the plants were down and so we started like keeping a bit more of an eye out and I have an older son and we actually this went on for a while my son kept locking doors he actually still locks doors to this day and right um and we're hours away and we're safe but that's still his way um Mm. my six my 14 year old son at the time he actually saw someone outside our window and he went out and it was my ex's friend, a 40-year-old man, and my 14-year-old son actually hit him with a pole mm. um, out of fear and protecting his mum. and Absolutely, and protecting brothers. his mum, sure. I'd actually been to the police about this and he actually told me to get out of the station before he arrested my, my son. What? So Just tell us I about that. Well, the next day I went to the police station to say what had happened. And... Um, he ended up, the police, which is the same small town local police officer, he ended up telling me to get out of the police station because he could actually charge my son with assault. So what about the guy in your yard? Yeah, he got away with it. I don't understand. That's why I left in. That's why I left my whole life behind and packed my kids up and left. I had no support. He was getting out again. His friends were already doing this to me and my kids. There was so much stuff going on. I, I left. I've literally left and started a new line. Oh. So My kids are being therapists weekly. That's not good. Did you ever get an uh, AVO or a DVO against him? Yeah, I, have an a- I had an AVO. Sorry, he, he, he was going to court at both times for me and the other girlfriend, for instance, like for breaches of AVO. Mine were just minor for um, calling me a bit like slut and stuff like that in the main street. And I guess, I'm saying minor, but I guess to other people it isn't. Or he, you know, he got um, found guilty for... Abusing me at our son's sports carnival. What? Yeah, in front of all the kids. So he oh. got found breach for that and also for assault on the other woman. So he finally went to jail and that's when his mates amped it up on me. So how did you and how did you get the AVO in the first place? I went to another police station uh, um, about 45 kilometres away and I, I went and saw DV, um, domestic violence ladies mm-hmm. that are actually trained for it and... They actually put me onto a right, the right police officer and she is actually was quite aware of me and him. She'd known there was lots of reports coming in about me and, and had been so hoping, I guess, for me to finally speak out. Right. Um, there was hospitals that have made reports to her from when he broke my arm twice, like mm. in two places and things like that. But I never really got any support except until I saw that lady. And but then I, I just... Um, Wanted to leave. I just had to leave. I was worn down. Mm, no doubt. I, I needed to go before he got out again. I, I didn't have any trust in any of that down there where I was from. Right. 
and the two DV, the two um, the domestic violence ladies were they police officers? Yes, one was a trained one was a police officer, and one I don't think was a police officer. She worked in a little office at the police station, right. like she was a liaison. Because it sounds to me, and it were the other people that I've been chatting to, that you really need to find the right officer. A lot of these yeah. front desk guys just aren't trained. They're just yeah. trained in it. And you don't get the help until you get these special trained officers yeah. or advocates. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we that's what we kinda need to let the listeners know that don't go to your front desk. <laughs> yeah. In the, okay, in the local I've office another, station. Yeah, I've got go another on. quick example just the other because now my daughter's in the same cycle, Anne. Oh. And she finally called the police again. Well, and her actual partner he's already been to jail for 12 months for abusing her and was meant to do did a young offenders program in there and domestic violence program he's got out he's been abusing her ever since they've got two kids she finally called the police again the other day on him she was her black eye was coming up in front of this police officer and he said to her and him oh it's so hard having a new baby i used to fight with my missus all the time too how about I just put this down to a verbal and he left while bruises were coming on my daughter. What? And he left and put it, wrote it down as a verbal while bruises are coming up on my daughter, Anne. That is outrageous. Um, she wouldn't let me. I wanted to contact the, the, the liaison lady that I am talking about because that right. is the same area, but she's now being kind of dismissed from it again. She doesn't. She's like, doesn't want him, she's disheartened from trying to call them. She's like, why? They're just going to let him stay here. Yeah, yeah. Lindor, she's now doing what I'm doing. Just for other what people that are listening and who might be in the same situation and for people who just don't get it, for people who don't understand just how life-changing stalking and abuse is. Some people would say, why did you stay 10 years? And some people would say, why is your daughter still there? What would you say to them? <laughs> it's such a complex situation. There's so much, so much to it. There's um, the control, right. um, isolation, yeah. financial, emotional. I mean, uh, I just lost my daughter when I met him and he told me for 10 years I deserved her to die. I probably killed her. He, they, keep you, they keep you down and out. And so it's such a complex situation that I wish I could explain why I stayed that long. Yeah, I was broken and vulnerable, yeah. and and I, it's not me that needs to be questioned. He needs to be questioned. Why did he do those? Things? Absolutely, that's exactly right. Let's not have victim blame. And we have we have a okay. A hurricane comes in and destroys our home. We don't blame our home for getting broken. We blame that hurricane. Oh, that is such a great that is such a great statement right there. Because and the sooner us victims realise that, that's when we become survivors because guilt also facts. holds us down absolutely. and holds us back. And the victim blaming holds us back. Yeah. Makes yep. us feel like we do deserve it. Absolutely. So we might as well stay. Yeah. Ask them why they're doing that to us. That's exactly right, Lindell. That is exactly right. So people listening, as uh, shit I said, Lindell, I'll edit that out, don't that's worry. <laughs> Okay. Edit, that out, edit that out, please, Zane. That's my producer. Um, uh, yeah, Diane, it's so true what you just said. Um, they start off by love bombing, which it sounds like he kind of did with you. You got 
together quite quickly. Um, yeah. Then the course of control starts, the isolation starts. And if you're, if you're a woman or a man in some cases, let's not, let's not forget that men do get stalked too and, and uh, our domestic yeah, violence, absolutely. violence victims. Then they start the isolation, they isolate you from friends, they isolate you from family. If you have young kids, then you don't have the financial wherewithal because you're not working. You're a stay-at-home mom, so you're reliant on him for money. Um, yep. If you leave, where are you going? Where are you going with no money, no help? Um, he used to um, take my nappies, take the kids' nappies right. when I'd ask him to leave. So, and he know I'd have no money and I'd have to go and chase him for kids' nappies. Right. He'd, they'd take them with him. Yeah. That's what they do. If we can't even afford nappies, how, where are we going to go? Exactly. With exactly. our kids. Exactly. So controlling. He takes the nappies. That's, wow. And also, other people have been saying, well, I don't want him to go to jail. I don't want to go to the police because I, I want to make my life, but I don't want him to go to jail. Did you feel that? I did for a long time. Yeah. For a long time. But um, I, look, I've got post-traumatic stress from all of this disorder. Um, and I think I just got to a point, I just had enough. I was just, I just felt like I was knocking on death's door, to be honest. Yeah. It was going to end that way or I had to do something. Did you ever so, think of suicide? Not now, no. But at the time, um, did you ever think? I did for, for a very, before I packed my car up. Yep. That was about the last resort I had left, but I loved my kids too much. Of course. And I'd already been through the passing of a, of a baby. Yeah. If I could get through that, I knew I could get through anything. And I just, I, I knew where if I stayed, that was where I was going. So I had to go. And it's been the best thing for me and my kids. Oh, it's so good to hear, where, Lindell. So where are you now? What's, what's your life like now? Um, I'm running my own little business. Uh, Should I I'm, say Lindell again? Far out. Look, let's just, just yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he won't hear. It really doesn't matter because it's kind of part of the story with his new girlfriend named Lindell. Like there's not many Lindells. In yeah, right. Lindell. Is he still with the lady that he broke her nose? When he got out of jail, she went back to him. Oh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's in the same situation, isn't she? Exactly the same situation. And I'm sure he's saying, I'll change. It won't happen again. I'm so sorry. I love you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I, I, um, I tried to, I was friends with her for a long time, but for a while there, but I just, I have to look after myself then. So I can't think about that. Like absolutely. she absolutely was a victim. But she also had, she absolutely is a victim. I don't know if they're together now. I don't believe they are. Right. So, yeah, I, I feel for her just as much. Oh, her story, there was the same things that she would say to me and I'll go, and it was the same stuff he would do to me. Yeah. It was just the same. A leopard doesn't change his spots, apparently. Nah, not at all. So where are you now? You've got your own little business. Yeah, I've got my own little business, my, uh, my independence. Um, I'm in therapy. My kids are in therapy, um, which is a good thing, but we're just, we're healing. It's, it's been two years and I can just say I'm finally getting out of survivor mode. Mm, and that's so good to hear. Learning to relax. Um, I've got a lot of work with my, my child. My child is so, has so much, my, my nine-year-old he has so much anxiety and 
problems with relationships, making friends. Um, he's been in therapy for nearly two years now and they're, they're talking about wanting him to go on medication because it's, he's just seen so much. He's just so damaged. Everything was so normal to him, that, that life. That so he doesn't know any different. Does he see his dad? Nope. Do nope. any other kids see their dad? Not him, no. Not, I've no. Got a, my oldest son has a different dad yeah. and he comes and sees his son whenever he wants to. There's no problems there. Um, it's No, we're hours away and he doesn't make contact and we don't make contact with him. Right. So there's not a court order for him to see them every second weekend or anything? He's not interested, he, uh, is he? He's never tried. Right. He plays the victim to people where he lives. Yeah. But he's never even tried, and that's because he knows he would have no hope of yeah. getting those children except for supervised access, and he's not going to pay for that. He can't be bothered with their weapons. All those kids were to him were weapons. Now he can't get them. He can't be bothered with them. Right. Linda, what would you say to women that are in the same place you are two years ago? What advice would you give them? Oh, that you need to have to let them go to jail. You, you know when it's time. You know when it's time. Um, I don't know what advice I can give them because I was in it for so long, and to be honest, you just you need to find the right support and find once you find the right support and help, you know, it should get better. I don't know. Would you say, don't tell, would you say to tell your family and friends what's going on? Yeah, you can, yeah. Did you? Did your family yeah. know what was going on? My family didn't believe me too much. My family had already been isolated from me for years before. Yeah. So mm. I would say to tell your family and friends, tell as many, absolutely, don't ever suffer in silence. Right. Yeah. And what about documenting things? Um, yeah, document as much as you can, especially for family courts, for, uh, for proof, you know, time and date of things that have happened so just so you've got memory of when something's happened yeah and you can go back to it and you know definitely what's happened i found I, when i kept a diary in the in the years after i left him that was one of the best things i had right. was i was able to go back to find out what incident it was and i really felt that was protecting my kids if there was ever anything to come back for family law yeah that's great lindell um we have to wrap this up now I'm so happy you're in the place that you are and you can move on with your life, with your kids and your business. Um, and I hope and wish you all the best. And thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Anne. If you or someone you know is being stalked in Australia, please ring 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737732. In the United Kingdom, please ring Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 020 3866 4107. And in the United States, please ring Stalking Resource Center, National Center for Victims of Crime Helpline on 800 FYI call. That's 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 